Yo, what's up? It's your boy, the host with the most. I'm Chris the Dime One. Welcome to I'm Chris the Dime One Podcast. Episode 22, even though we skipped a few episodes here and there. But the last episode was 22. Uh, you're probably wondering what in the hell happened to me. Seemed like I done fell off. Uh, the last time I did an episode was back in August. And uh, I've been on hiatus. I've been pretty busy. But I'm back to the swing of things. If you guys are still subscribed to my podcast, I will upload uh, episodes on this podcast weekly from here on out um, until further notice. But that's what's been happening to me. Uh, I apologize if you if if you're upset with me or if you unsubscribe. Uh, it just happens. You know what I'm saying? Life happens. You know, life, uh, life take over everything, you know, your hobbies, uh, your activities, you know, uh, your obligations. That's what happens when life is in the way. But nevertheless, I'm here. We're going to be talking about a lot of things. Uh, a lot of albums dropped. We're going to be talking about my review on, uh, Eminem as well as Lil Wayne's album. We're also going to be talking about the trade deadline and we're also going to follow it up with some gaming news. Not too sure what I'm going to be talking about. I don't want to make this podcast uh, too long. But without further ado, let's get into it. Um, my review on Eminem's album that was uh, released a couple of weeks ago. And the Little Wayne's, The Funeral. Let's start off with uh, Eminem. I uh, listened to Eminem's album front to back. Eminem's harshest critics, um, they figure out somehow, some way to degrade the album a little bit. They don't look at the content. And, you know, a lot of these critics have vendettas against Eminem. We're not going to say any names, but we know who uh, the who's are. Uh, Some people thought that um, Eminem's latest album had too many words, had too many lyrics. And to that, I say this, if you're into hip-hop, if you are invested into hip-hop, the first thing, uh, well, particularly when it comes to a rapper's, the highest mark and the highest grade you can give a, a, a rapper is the lyrical content. And I just don't know, maybe the rules have changed in 2020, where if you're too lyrical, if you got too many uh, lyrics you got if your vocabulary is too large then that is a downgrade you just grade them uh, lesser than what you was going to grade him, grade them because of their lyrical content and their vocabulary but uh, I like the Lil Wayne album it had the best of it had a lot of it had a it had a lot of auras a lot of gen not a lot of genders but a lot of things he was what he was talking about he had the club bangers i felt like the the ma with eminem i felt like that was a club banger uh the intro was an introduction to uh of eminem of his lyrical flow uh his poet what i like to call lyrical content poetry when it's when it's off the, I mean, when 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 someone's going off, I just consider it their uh, lyrical uh, flow. Even though you know, 
it's, it's lyrical content, it's rapping, but I felt the metaphors were there. I talked, I, the cadences were there. I, I, I like the introduction to the first uh, five songs. And then after that, it uh, t- to me, it, it was just, you know, regular Eminem stuff. Uh, you know, he really didn't uh, uh, diss anybody, you know, uh, you know, even though he called out his critics like Rolling Stones, Rolling Stones. He, he talked about Rolling Stones a little bit. Uh, he did uh, throw a few jabs at uh, Joe Button. Uh, particularly when uh, they were talking about his last album, uh, uh, his his last album before this album, and to me, I felt like it was a a, a great solid album. Okay, it's gonna get uh, it's gonna, uh, and at the end of the, uh, at the probably next year, it's going to be a critically acclaimed album. I feel like a lot of, of the award shows is it's going to be in their mentions. Um, I felt like he, he was, you know, he he uh, dabbled in a lot of places. Uh, he's I, I felt like he satisfied the older heads who were uh, down with M1. I mean, Eminem since day one and uh, the new age. I think, uh, you know, he had some bangers with a lot of current rappers today, like M.A., uh, uh, Juice World. I, I felt like that was a, a solid track. But nevertheless, I kind of liked it. You know, I you know there was, you know, were there flaws in the album? Uh, you know, just like any other album, it's going to have its, its, its like, just like any other album, it's going to have its high points. It's going to have its low points. But I felt like the Eminem album was, you know, solid. Now, when it came to uh, Lil Wayne, I felt like Lil Wayne was, you know, pretty much all over the board. Um, you know, he didn't have a lot of features uh, of Lil Wayne. And then you thought that, you know, he was going to at least have some features for Cash Money. Of course, You know, everyone assumed that, you know, Nicki Minaj was going to be in a track. Drake was going to be in a track. Uh and it just did not, you know, uh, you know, they, and with this latest album, the funeral, they, they were not in, uh, in any of, uh, Lil Wayne's tracks. And to me, and this is just me from the outside looking in, this is my interpretation. I don't want a lot of people to take, uh, my, uh, interpretation as the solid truth, the only truth. But to me, I felt like a lot of, the, the, the lyrics that were uh, displayed on this album, I felt like some of the some of the lyrics were, you know, it, you know, was in Eminem's vault, and you know, and, and and in some instances, I felt like they was trying to fit the music around Eminem. Now, when people when I say that, people are gonna say, well, you know, of course, you know, it's Eminem. Uh, you, you always fit the music around the lyrical content. But I felt like a lot of this content was dated content. That's just my perspective of it. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, to me, I just, you know, did not feel, you know, uh, and a lot of, uh, you know, he wasn't, you know, going into a lot of current topics and things of that nature. Uh, you know, I don't think this album was better than, uh, well, his last two albums, I, I were I was not uh, uh, thoroughly uh, uh, inter- I mean 
let me let me rephrase that. His last two albums, they were not on the Lil Wayne level, uh, but they were decent albums. Well, I'm talking about the funeral and his last album. Uh, but to me, his previous albums, and you do that with veteran uh, artists, just like Eminem. And Eminem and Lil Wayne fits this same category. Uh, you know, you look at their catalog and you can just pick out albums that are their older their older work is better than their newer work. Okay. Uh and, and you judge them too harsh and you judge them and you judge their projects too harsh and you put them and you judge their heart and you put their uh latest uh projects on a pedestal that is too high and you expect that their newest work is going to be better than their previous work and you know uh you know you, you get that uh expectation but when you listen to it you, you you feel empty you feel like wow and to me uh on a little wayne's album i think he done like uh 20 uh, uh, you know over 20 songs and easily to me a lot of these songs could have been uh taken out of the album uh, because, uh, you know, you know, it, to me, I felt like, you know, and every artist do this, they, they, they go in to a project and they, they record a crap ton of songs and then they start, uh, going back to the song and figure out which songs are going to make, uh, the final cut. And, um, you know, maybe Eminem, I mean, uh, Lil Wayne had more than 20 songs and these 20 songs made the final cut. But to me, there was a lot of songs on the funeral that sh- should not even made the final cut. And, you know, that's just my opinion on it. But, uh, nevertheless, uh, Eminem and Lil Wayne, uh, I felt like, uh, Eminem's latest album, uh, music to, uh, uh, uh murder to, I think it is the Alfred Hitchcock, uh, mystery novel. And it kind of, you know, takes a, a, a page from that. I felt like that was a solid album. Okay. But is it better than Eminem's previous work? No. Uh, is it? I don't think it's better than cosmeto- uh, cosmetology. Cosmetology. What I'm saying? Cos. <laughs> My. I got. I got. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. I, I got a slip of the tongue. But uh, <laughs> um, I felt like uh, that uh, this latest album is not better than his previous work. The funeral. I felt like it was pretty much on the same level as Lil Wayne's previous work, but. You know, nevertheless, you know, it it was good. Okay. Uh, it was good work. I can't give him, I can't give it a bad grade. I would give uh, Eminem's album a B plus and I would give, uh, I would give uh, Eminem's previous work a C plus, you know, because, you know, I, I just, you know, just don't feel like, uh, you know, um, you know, we was, you know, we was witnessing greatness with this previous work of Lil Wayne and Eminem, but it was still decent work and it's still better than a lot of albums that are out in the market today. Okay. So let's segue into the NBA trade, uh, deadline. It, uh, it came and gone. And, um, uh, a lot of the moves, when you look at the MA, uh, NBA trades that, uh, the teams, the, the, you know, a lot of teams made a lot of trades. It it showed you something, and it it had a theme to it. First of all, when you talk about the Clippers, uh, with their trade, they got three. They got a three headed monster now 
that can defend LeBron James for the Lakers. And they're going to give LeBron James, uh, when, when they meet up uh, in the series, uh, in late in the playoffs, they're going to give LeBron James a run for his money. Uh, I, you know, and uh, I feel like the Lakers right now are going to have to scale back some of his minutes so he can be better prepared for the grind that's going to endure with uh, the, the Clippers when we uh, when talk about their latest moves. Um, they got not only got uh, they, they got three guys that can now they got three guys that can defend LeBron James and they can, you know, it, and, and they can do it several ways. You know, one guy per series or they can just throw all three bodies on him uh, at at limited times during games. And that's going to be a tough out, a tough match out for the Lakers. When you look at what the Lakers didn't do, I felt like the Lakers, uh, you know, and, and, and I told people when um, they made the trade for Anthony Davis, they pretty much uh, all, they pretty much gave up everything to get Anthony Davis. And it left them with nothing to, uh, uh, when you talk about trade parts, it left them with nothing for what other teams may want from the Lakers, okay, other than Kyle Kuzma. And uh, the reason why uh, a lot of, uh, the you know, they was trading with the Knicks, the reason why that, that, that deal didn't go through was because they just did not have enough. And the only thing that uh, they really legit had was Kyle Kuzma, and they didn't want to give him up. And 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 a lot of people say, "Well, I would have gave him up." Well, you have to look at it from their perspective. If they would have gave up Kyle Kuzma, they still would have been a man, maybe two men, uh, two uh, two guys short in their rotation. Okay, so yeah, you would have gotten who you wanted, but the guy that you got will replace the the space that you just lost with Kyle Kuzma, okay? So, uh, you know, I, like I said earlier, when they got Anthony Davis, I felt like that was, to me, uh, they, they gave up way too much for Anthony Davis, and they don't got any re, uh, reinsurances that he's going to re-sign, okay? So they're taking a lot of risk for the Anthony Davis trade. Okay, um, when when you look at uh, another theme uh, at the NBA trade, that well you know, with with the NBA trade this week, uh, there was a theme of big men. Will big men last uh, in this uh, era that we're in? And uh, to to that, I say no, because you saw a lot of trades with big men. Uh, with a lot of teams, and some of these teams are contenders, like case in point, the Houston Rockets. They uh, uh, unloaded from uh, Clint Capella, who's a big man for the Houston Rockets, and they gave they gave they gave him to the to the Atlanta Hawks in return for another shooter. And now the Houston Rockets, when you look at their roster, they don't even have a big man. They the, the the tallest guy that they have is like six seven. So. They got a bunch of swing men, a bunch of shooters, and James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook, and uh, they feel like they can outrun. Now they have the ability to outrun teams. Okay, they got a full. The, the, now they have the ability of a full fast break, 
every possession that they get with the ball. Okay, now you got shooters around those that dynamic duo, and now that's a team that that a lot of teams do not want to face in the playoffs because that's that too could be a tough out. Okay, now a lot of people are in Charles Barkley, and and I can concur what they're saying. Uh, now with the lack and the depth of having a big man who's going to be down low, you know, you know, being getting the rebounds, doing the dirty work, um, being a defender at the at the low post. Who's going to do that now because Clint Capella is not there. Okay. And uh, I, I do agree with Charles, but if you've been watching the Houston Rockets, they really don't even use Clint Capella, you know, for that point. All right. So uh, now Clint Capella goes to the Hawks. That makes them a better team. And uh, does it make them a playoff team? Uh, you know, I still have uh, concerns about the, the Atlanta Hawks, but it's something that they can build on for the next following season. Okay, and, you know, if they wind up keeping Clint Capella, which I feel like they they will. Now, when you talk about the Detroit Pistons making a trade with the Cleveland Cavaliers, Drummonds, um, I felt like the reason why they did that because. There was there was not a market for him. There was not a market for him. The contenders did not want him, Andre Drummond. Um, the teams that were like two or three pieces away did not wanted him. And uh, it was addition by subtraction. If you look at it from the Detroit Pistons standpoint, okay, they they have him, they have Drummonds as well as Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin has a contract that no one wants, uh, and Blake Griffin ain't the, is not the same Blake Griffin that uh, that we all saw with the Clippers, and we knew eventually his explosiveness, his, his explosiveness, his athleticism was going to leave him. So he had to learn other things to make him a viable player. He's decent at those other things, but he's not great at those other things. And that's why there's no market for Blake Griffin due to his contract. Nobody wants to, you know, no one wants that money. The reason why the, the Cleveland Cavaliers pick Andre Drummond is not because they're trying to build pieces and build uh, to be a playoff contending team for the foreseeable future. It's pretty much a salary dump. They know, they see the writing on the wall, and they know he's probably going to opt out at the end of this year. Now, there's risk. It's going to be a huge risk for him to do that. Will he get the same type of money that he got from his previous contract that he's leaving from? I feel like no, because you know, you know ESPN did a story on the NBA and how, <clears throat> excuse me, how the big man no longer exists in this era. And it's just like in football, you know, running backs are not a premium anymore. You know, you can now running backs are a dime a dozen. Okay. Because uh, it the game evolved into a passing league. Okay. So that left the uh, running backs who want big time money, uh, you know, it, 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 a, a team can can literally say, uh, you know, we really don't have to pay the running back the money. We can just let him go, and we can supplement 
his contribution, uh, his support for our team. Excuse me, guys. Um, with another running back in the draft, or we can pick one off, pick one up off the street. Okay, and you know, there's not a lot of Ezekiel Elliott. There's not a lot of you know, uh, you know, there's just not a lot of of a Derrick Henrys. They're not that type of running back. They're not you know a dime a dozen, but that's what the league has morphed and molded into a passing league. And the same can be said for the big man. The big man, uh, there's no use, there's there's no need to have a big man in your middle in the NBA in this climate when, you know, everyone wants to copy and paste what the Golden State Warriors did a couple of seasons ago and have a, a, a team that can run back and forth that uh, if you have shooters, uh, that's the new league. Okay, so as far as a drumming, uh, it wouldn't surprise me none if the if you know uh, teams don't express a lot of interest in in him as far as him opting out. It would not surprise me a bit if he stays on this contract, and then the Cleveland Cavaliers going to have to make uh, a del- they have a dilemma. Dilemma: uh, Do you keep him and build pieces around him and see if you can contend? Or you try to trade him to someone else, and there was not a market for him this year. So uh, it could go either way at the end of this season. Either he opts out, or the Cleveland Cavaliers find a trading partner where he stays on his contract, uh, and then he re-ups, and then he's gone. But I, I just don't see him with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, you know, when it comes to at the end of this year. And when free agency starts, something is bound to happen. Okay, so uh, what the Clippers have done, and uh, I should have, you know, talked about the Clippers while I was talking about the Lakers. uh, The the moves they made, it just increases their odds even more as far as them winning the championship. I feel like they have a complete team. They have a uh, they have a great. Uh, starting lineup. They have a great supporting bench. They have an excellent coach. They have a, an owner, Steve Ballmer, and they have a they have front office that know what they're doing. I feel like uh, with this latest move that they did, it's over for the Lakers. It's going to be a tall uphill for them to climb this year. When a lot of people thought that the Lakers were going to win the title, I was not in that group. Even without these, without the move they made, this trade deadline, I still felt like the Clippers were a better team than the Lakers. Okay, the record may not indicate that, but I felt like when once the playoffs start, once you start playing the same uh, competition uh, day in and day out, particularly in series, when when it becomes a half court game. I feel like the Clippers are a better team in the, uh, who probably going to be representing the West, and you're going to probably get the Milwaukee Bucks for the East. Okay, now when it comes to the Philadelphia 76ers, I've been on the bandwagon, and I've been stating this that you literally have when you talk about Ben Simmons and um, uh, Joel Embiid, you pretty much got the same player. Okay, same player. 
you got two players that that it that this this is how if you want if you have these two players on your team either one of these two players you have to implement these things on this on, on whatever team you uh, you own or coach and that is you have to have shooters around them okay you also have to have a a deep bench and if you have shooters around them uh they will flourish in your system now you have two of the same guys doing the same thing you got Ben Simmons uh you know who still hasn't uh, perfected his three point game you you have to be consistent at it if you want defenders to uh d you up uh particularly up top cuz you know you're constantly dropping them shots down and Ben Simmons is struggling this year with that even though I was on the record saying that I feel like Ben system Ben Simmons excuse me Ben system Ben uh Ben Simmons is going to improve this year with his three point shot I feel like he was going to slightly approve but but he has okay but nevertheless you got you got Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, okay, and I, I I feel like when you talk when you talk about these two players, they're the same players that do the same thing, okay. Joel Embiid, I feel like if Joel Embiid just get away from the three point, trying to hit those three points, trying to do finesse shots, if he just go down low and do the dirty work, be a force down low, uh, there's no one in the league that can stop him. But he just floating around the three-point uh, key. Now, uh, his last couple of games, he uh, he talked about his hand. Is it? You know, you know, uh, his hand ain't quite there yet. And, I, and if you look at his demeanor on the court, I feel like he's a little bit out of playing shape. Okay, but a couple of weeks of the NBA is going to solve that. And as far as his hand go, it's only going to get better as time moves along. Okay, but nevertheless, I feel like, and then if you listen to what he said in his last interview, he wants to have fun. He wants to smile on the court. He, he wants to be the old Joel Embiid. I feel like you should be the jo- Joel Embiid that, that, that's tough-minded, that's going to uh, demand respect uh, down the low post, and the majority of your points are going to fall there. But you got Ben Simmons who also needs to go down at the low post because he really hasn't perfected his three-point game. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of changes with the Philadelphia 76ers at the end of this year. Clearly, they're not going. They're not the beast of the East. You got uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, and I told you guys on my last episodes that I felt like Boston, when you look at the additions Boston made, okay, I felt like that Boston is that second team. And now, if you look at the Miami Heat, Miami Heat could possibly be that third team, okay? But I was never high on the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and I feel like at the end of this year, Brent Brent Brown is, is going to be fired as head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be people in the front office that's going to be losing their jobs. And they're going to get new leadership in there. And they're going to have a decision to make. Obviously, you can't keep both of these guys on the same roster, Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Which one is going to go? Even though 
there's more upside to Ben Simmons, in my opinion. I feel like you should keep Ben Simmons, but I feel like uh, I feel like you should keep Ben Simmons. But I feel like if if the old regime or a resemblance of the old regime is still with the Philadelphia 76ers, they're going to uh, they're going to keep um, Joel and B and move away from Ben Simmons. I feel like if you get rid of Joel and B, Ben Simmons is going to flourish with the Philadelphia 76ers, particularly if you got shooters around him. Okay, that's the only way that's going to work. Uh, you know, uh, and I feel like if you look at the current climate of big men, this is the new age that you really don't need a uh, a rim protector uh, to flourish in the NBA. Okay, and uh, I feel like if you look at the two players, you're probably going to get more from Joel Embiid, more parts that you can use to help Ben Simmons out. You're going to get more shooters. You're going to get draft picks and things of that nature. Uh, and I feel like, uh, you know, obviously you're going to have to get rid of one of these two guys. Okay. So, well, I said I was not going to have a long podcast, but that's what it currently turned into a long, lengthy podcast. So uh, I'm going to try to do episodes, one episode a week. Okay. To just get into the flow of things. And uh, I really do appreciate people that are listening um, uh, to my podcast. And I will be back later with another podcast uh, next week. I don't know if Saturday is going to be the one. Is Saturday is going to be the day where I, I unleash podcasts. Okay. But I'm just going to do one a week. Okay. It's your boy, the host with the most. I'm Chris Don One. Oh, also check me out on... Um, also check me out on YouTube. Okay. It's I'm Chris the Don One at YouTube.com. I will upload these episodes on my YouTube channel. That's probably gonna be the only content that I'm going to be uploading on YouTube is these podcasts. Okay. So guys, I'll see you guys later. Peace.